The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Absolute sports betting degeneracy. Welcome to the zoo. With Sex Panther and Chubby Zebra. time again more college football it's the zoo with sex panther and as always my good buddy chubby zebra you know zebra we're, we're going into week 10 this is our week 9 episode 10 i guess uh we're getting down to the, the nitty-gritty here but before we get into college football uh you know i always always take little i don't know shots but i, I like i like the dgens to get to know chubby zebra a little bit and uh so everybody knows you're you're a high school football referee um it's been come up in a few discussions that you do some DoorDash on the side um but you were you were doing a little mortgage stuff going on and then then you just went full johnny paycheck well now what are we doing now uh we're we're not doing anything right now we're kind of in a holding pattern we've got um some something lined up for for the future and in the next but the next couple months we're just going to kind of lay low and do some dashing and kind of rest ourselves and uh spend a little time with the grandson and uh get prepared for uh my return to the material handling world oh there you go uh any any see what do you got one more week of football we're at a point right now. We just go week to week. We don't know. Uh, playoffs here in Indiana are six weeks. You get assigned by the state. Uh, we're in week three of six, so we're we're down to forty-eight games across the state. And our crew has been fortunate enough to been awarded a game this week, and we will do it. And we will sit around over the weekend and wait until Monday to see if we're we make the cut to twenty-four. So, um, you know, about about a third of a third of the state. Uh, third, third of the officials in the state are left, and we're privileged enough to have been um, voted and, and assigned to a sectional final this week. That's got to be exciting. Nothing better than a little high school playoff football. Uh, speaking of playoff football, we got some pretty big games this weekend. Uh, huge playoff implications. The first committee rankings came out. I'm sure you had a chance to gander at those. Uh, what's your takeaway from those committee rankings? I don't really have any 
problems with with you know we're talking the top seven after that you know what does it really matter uh, the only issue i really have is why is tcu below alabama uh you take away alabama's win over texas who i think was like number 24 and i'm not even sure why texas is 24 based on the losses they've had but alabama have no top 25 wins and and why does that give them uh you know higher seating than TCU who has one undefeated and two has had like the third toughest schedule according to BCS ranking. So it didn't make any sense to me is why TCU was seven, Alabama six. The other ones I can agree with maybe flip flop in Michigan and Clemson, but that's going to work out. The big 10 is going to have an elimination game Thanksgiving weekend. And, and then we can go from there, but I I'm scratching my head as to why no love for TCU because they they have they're undefeated and then they have had a tougher schedule, in my opinion, than than Alabama has. Uh, probably not a no love for TCU and a little bit too much love for Alabama. They've been the darling since the BCS was inaugurated. I, I hate agreeing with you. I, like you said, it's going to work itself out when that team up north uh, goes to Columbus. But I, I think based on the body of work and the fact that Clemson really has played nobody. It hasn't been all that impressive. Probably could have made a, an argument, easy argument to me, uh, for the Wolverines to be sitting at number four. But we're splitting hairs. This, these things never end up where they are now. These rankings are relatively insignificant. What isn't insignificant is the run that you've been on, a, a minor victory lap, another winning week. So I'll let you toot your own horn here real quick. Yeah, three and two. I'd like to, you know, if I could just forget the first six weeks of the season, I, um, you know, I'd have a, a very profitable run. But yeah, fourth week in a row, victory lap. I think that equals a mile now. And <laughs> the, the zebra is huffing and puffing because he ain't used to running that much. So um, we'll try to make another lap next week. But, uh, you know, we'll see. We're going to go with the traditional five pack that I've had and, and you know, hope that three and two is a, a winning week. I went two and three. The one that really stuck out for me, it cost us the parlay, was the Buckeyes. weren't They weren't able to prevent that backdoor cover from Penn State. So Penn State ended up covering the 15 and a half. That cost me a winning week and also cost us hitting the parlay. The other two legs of that parlay hit. So sorry, degenerates. We'll try for number four again this week. So uh, Zebra, if you're ready, we'll get this party started. Game number one. This come off of your list that you sent me. I can't remember if it was yesterday or today, but I've got your list. We're looking at Auburn going to Mississippi State. Got a line of 12 and a half. Are you looking at some kind of post-coach bump going on here? Well, last week, uh, Charlotte became the latest team in 2022 to pull off a, a flat-out upright, outright upset with an interim coach. Uh, they joined Colorado. Georgia Tech and Arizona State to have done it. Wisconsin, another team with an interim coach. They didn't have an upset, but they pulled off a blowout against Northwestern. Nebraska, they're the only one to fall flat, uh, you know, after axing a coach this year. Word has it that the move to rid Brian Hartson of his duties was well-received in the locker room as well as the community. We all know that. And that the team's going to rally around interim coach Cadillac Williams. I'd expect to see some new looks and some new wrinkles from the Tigers this week, some stuff that Mississippi State will not have seen and been able to prepare for on film. Auburn's already a run-happy offense, and that might even increase uh, their run rate with former star running back Williams' leadership. That would bode well for them because the Bulldogs are a team that has really struggled against the run so far this year. 
Auburn, on the flip side, they've been gashed by the run, and that's not Mississippi State's game. Mississippi State's had a bye week, and traditionally that's impacted Mike Leach offenses, timing, and rhythm. I'm not calling for the flat-out upset here, but I am taking Auburn to cover the 12-and-a-half. Yeah, it is interesting. Uh, Cadillac Williams, that's a name I haven't heard in a long, long time. Loved him at Auburn as a running back. Didn't really do much in the NFL. But, you know, I'm looking at the stats here. Mississippi State only averages 89 yards per game on the ground. That's, I mean, that's pretty abysmal. That's being a little bit too pass happy. And Auburn's pass defense is relatively formidable. So Mississippi's strength and their weakness doesn't exactly line up against Auburn's defense which has kind of been Auburn's Achilles heel. They've given up 41, 48, and 42 in their last three games, albeit the Razorbacks, Mississippi, and Georgia. But, uh, yeah, man, you got to play a little tougher defense than that. I think uh, they probably do sometimes the addition by subtraction, right, and getting a, an unwelcome coach out of there. If the locker room's happier and the players are happier, you probably get a little bit more of a response. Uh, I'm kind of wondering if Cadillac actually gets a legitimate shot here because I'm hearing Lane Kiffin's name pop up quite a bit, um, possibly to go to Auburn. So it could be a circus sideshow going on in Auburn, especially if they were to maybe get to six and six and, and find a way into a bowl game. Uh, not a game that I'm on, but I like that 12 and a half points. So I will lean the Bulldogs with, or excuse me, lean the Tigers with you. All right, next game up, we're looking at the North Carolina Tar Heels going to Virginia. Yeah, I feel like I've been on a North Carolina game almost every single week, but part of that has to do with I just love their offense. They just go out there, that gunslinger, Drake May, just goes out there and gets it done. Imagine these stats. They're 10 games into the season, 4-0 in conference play. He's already thrown for 2,600 yards, 29 touchdowns, and only three interceptions that lone defeat to Notre Dame, which you kind of look at what Notre Dame's done this year. You're kind of scratching your head. Like, how did they lose that game? But, um, I mean, if they beat Notre Dame, they're up there with Alabama and TCU in that top seven, even though their defense is trash. I think that's the one big takeaway from North Carolina. It probably gets them uh, not a lot of credit because they give up so many points. They're going against a Virginia team that doesn't score a lot of points. They scored, check this out, they scored 12 points last week in a loss to the Miami Hurricanes, and that went to four overtimes. It went to four overtimes just to get to 12 points. I was just left scratching my head there. 16 points and a win at Georgia Tech, 17 points and another loss, 17 another loss, 20 and another loss. They just cannot score enough points to keep up with this Tar Heel offense. I think the Tar Heels go into Virginia and roll. So I'll lay that touchdown and uh, put my unit on North Carolina. This game's going to feature strength versus strength. Obviously, Virginia's defense is the strength of their team. Their offense is pathetic. North Carolina, you've talked about them for many times this year. That is definitely the, the strength of their team. This line just smells to me. I don't know why it's only seven. Uh, I don't know if they're trying to, uh, you know, get money. Obviously, they try to get money on both sides, and maybe that's the number that it took. Uh, Virginia does have a pretty good pass defense. It's not going to be easy for Drake May. Uh, the question is, can Virginia's offense do anything? Like you mentioned, you know, 12 points in a four-overtime game. That You know, they had to go, you know, four of those points could have been 
going for two. I mean, that, that they're they're terrible. Their their offense can get nothing going. UNC's defense is. I mean, it's strength versus strength and weakness versus weakness the entire game. This is one that you might want to actually watch a little bit of to see what happens. But I don't have a feel for this one. I looked at it and I just something just doesn't seem right, and it doesn't. You know, I, I can't put my money on it, but. Um, you know, I wish you all the luck in the world and, and you know, get getting that Tar Heel cover. Yeah, on that on that idea that this something stinks, it was seven and a half when I wrote it down yesterday. Now it's a seven. And that really kind of confuses me because the total is 60 and a half. And at 60 and a half and a seven-point line, Vegas has got to think Virginia's going to score, right? 30, 34, 27, something along those lines uh, does not make sense. I don't think Virginia could score 27 points with no know, defense out in there. a month the way it's going. But obviously North Carolina has no defense, and that's what the odds makers are, are projecting. Oh, uh, well, it, it stinks, but uh, the Tar Heels don't know it stinks, so – that's where I'm at. Next game up, the University of Texas, San Antonio is going to Alabama, Birmingham. Take on the Blazers. Little alphabet soup game with UTSA at UAB. Um, UAB, they've had a rather disappointing season sitting at four and four, and all four of their losses have been one score games. In the last three, they've led at halftime and let the lead slip away. The one that didn't they didn't lead at halftime, they were tied with Liberty and then again lost the game by one possession. This game I see a little revenge on their mind after last year's heartbreaking loss that was on a last minute game winning tipped ball touchdown that eventually led to Texas San Antonio clinching the division. The Blazers, they have the secondary that could potentially slow down uh Roadrunner quarterback Frank Harris and that potent UTSA passing game. It's not certain, but I am expecting UAB to have Dylan Hopkins back uh, as a quarterback. He went he went out to went out early in the game two games ago, and they're on a two game losing streak. Uh, two games ago, he was just threw a couple passes and wound up going out against your Western Kentucky Hilltoppers. UAB uh, they've gone eleven and zero against the spread in the last five seasons at home, following an outright loss, including two and zero this year. As long as Hopkins plays, I think they're going to make that 3-0. and I'm going to take UAB on the pick to, to get the outright victory. Yeah, so I haven't read anything specifically about Hopkins playing, but I'm really, really concerned about this game. When I looked at it yesterday, it was UAB minus three. So we get ready for the show today, and I'm sending you the lines, and we're now we're at even. So either a ton of money has gone on the Roadrunners or there's some injuries or, or something going on here that uh, maybe we're not quite aware of. Um, I like the Roadrunners. I, I like them last season. They're 4-0 in the conference. They're on a five-game winning streak right now, and they do know how to put up some points. Um, but that the, the three, the Blazers being favored yesterday is why I didn't write it down. So I already had my games written down. But now that I'm seeing all this line movement, uh, I'm definitely leaning the Roadrunners here. All right, next game up, game of the day. This is an absolute game of the day. If you're not planning on watching this game, I don't know what the hell you're watching. The number one Tennessee Volunteers are going to go down to Athens and take on the Georgia Bulldogs, also undefeated, number three ranked. Tennessee coming off, I mean, look at the schedule they've gone through. They've, they've played 
number 20, Florida, number 25, LSU, number three, Alabama. I don't know who that accident bye week is there. And then they played Kentucky and, and really just um, beat the shit out of their little cousins there and, and down in Kentucky. Uh, Tennessee, I, I had questions about, you know, that we get this hype about Tennessee all the time. And they always fall flat on their face. And this time, I mean, it looks like that they, they've got this thing going. They look like the real deal. The quarterback hooker, 21 touchdowns, only one pick all season long. Going against a Bulldog team that's been impressive, but not near the resume, right? That the teams, that, I mean, they've beaten Vanderbilt, they've beaten Auburn, they've beaten Missouri by four points and he can't stay like Georgia has not played anywhere near the resume that the volunteers have played. They are really good at home. The defense is it's typical bulldog defense. I don't think it's as good as we've seen last year, but they're really going to be put to the test. Tennessee's averaging 553 yards of offense, 49 points per game. Um, You know, I watched a little bit of that Tennessee Alabama game a few weeks ago Man, they looked good. They looked so good. I, I can maybe Georgia wins. I mean, maybe they do. That the, Kirby Puckett has this all the all the time. He has this team ready, but I'm getting eight points with this team that just seems to do nothing wrong right now. I'm taking those eight points and the Volunteers. Uh, this line makes no sense. Now, I think the thing even opened it. 10 and it's been bet down to t- to eight public. And I think a lot of the pros are, are on Tennessee to start. Um, I just can't wrap my head around why, why that's the line. Obviously Georgia's defense is tremendous, but so is Alabama's and Tennessee, you know, ran up and up down the field on them. Like it was a Madden game. I, I, I can't disagree with you. There's no way in the world I can lay eight points in this game. That mean I'm going to take them. Um, but if I was going to bet this game, I, I'd be all over Tennessee and taking the points. I mean, they're, they're, they're number one. They've, they've had an excellent schedule. They can put up points at will. Georgia gave up 20 to Florida last week, and Florida's offense is nowhere near as potent as Tennessee's. Something's going to give in this game, whether it be Tennessee's offense getting shut down or Georgia's defense getting exposed. And if I had to pick one or the other from what I've seen so far, I'd take Tennessee's offense exposed and Georgia's defense. So um, obviously the winner is going to be in the SEC title game. I don't see the other one losing twice to out the season. So Bama's sitting there waiting for the winner. And are we going to get a matchup? Are we going to – a rematch? Are we going to get the, the what we've seen of late in Georgia, Alabama? Uh, I'm hoping for the, 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 the rematch because I like to see getting some new blood in there. So uh, all the moral support in the world with you for Tennessee. Um, that's who I'll be rooting for. Yeah, I think Vegas thinks that uh, Tennessee is going to score too. Got a total here of 66 and a half. So Vegas seems to think some points are going to be put up this week. All right, next game. We're both on this game. So I'm I'm kind of very curious and interested to see your take. Syracuse Orange coming off that, uh, I don't know, beatdown is a fair term, but a pretty sizable defeat to Notre Dame last week. Going to hit the road and take on the Pitt Panthers. Wasn't Pitt one of your darlings at the preseason? Quite the opposite. Uh, I swam the Pitt season total, and it's already a winner. Yeah, I was under eight and a half on them, and they've already lost four. So uh, that is what I like to call chicken. 
cash that. Uh, where, where are you at on this game? You know, Syracuse, like you mentioned, they come off back-to-back difficult games versus Clemson and Notre Dame. Uh, Zebra, I've been on the right side of both of those games, once picking Clemson or picking Cuse uh, against Clemson and then taking Notre Dame against Syracuse last week. So I'm going for the trifecta this week. Pitt, they've lost three or four last week, and they made my season under a winner. Their offense has struggled, to say the least. And the main problem is quarterback Caden Slovis. The USC transfer averages just 7.5 yards per attempt and has only seven big-time throws versus 10 turnover-worthy plays so far this season. This week, he's going to face one of the ACC's best secondaries. Syracuse has only allowed 6.2 yards per attempt, and that's good for 10th in the FBS. Pittsburgh, they do have a good running back, Israel, and I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name. He averages 5.9 yards per carry and has 16 touchdowns. But most of that production was versus Rhode Island and Virginia Tech, two not very good football teams. Q's quarterback, Garrett Schrader, he got benched last week against Notre Dame, and, and a starter for this week is yet to be named. No matter the quarterback, I think Syracuse offense is going to focus on Sean Tucker, who is one of the best running backs in the country. Pitt, their defense is highly susceptible to big runs, and that's just one thing. That's one aspect of Tucker's game. Despite the uncertainty of the quarterback, I'm on the cue, so I'm taking Syracuse plus three and a half. I think they're going to win the football game, but I'm not going to give up a uh, field goal and a hook. Yeah, I got to I gotta be honest. You know, with what we'd seen out of Syracuse all season, I'm not going to beat them up for losing to Notre Dame and losing to Clemson, uh, and they were highly competitive at Clemson. But for them to be an underdog here, I'm just really scratching my head because not only is Pittsburgh four and four, not only is Slovis not performed well, I mean, five touchdowns. Uh, some of these quarterbacks do that in one game. Slovis has five touchdowns in the entire season to go with his five interceptions. It's a very run heavy offense, but they don't have any victories that are really noteworthy. Beating Virginia Tech, eh, Rhode Island, eh. You know, the, a Mac school, that there's nothing. They lost to Georgia Tech, and Georgia Tech was like one of the first teams to fire their coach. Um, I, I The thing that's got me stunned here is Pittsburgh at home being favored. This is not a good team. It's certainly not the same team uh, that we saw last year uh, with Kenny Pickett. Um, I, I Listen, I have to agree with you. I think Syracuse, there's value in the money line. I might you know, sprinkle a few dollars on the money line, but as far as the show goes and betting goes, I'm not going to kick a gift horse. I'm taking that three and a half, but I'm just absolutely stunned that Pittsburgh's even favored in this game at all. All right, that brings us to the part of the show where it is time for a break. Mad Max, why don't you give us one of your fine commercial breaks here? Guess who's back? Back again. My bookie's back. Tell a friend. That's right, DJ's proud to say that we're once again, being brought to you by my bookie, but just because they weren't paying us doesn't mean we haven't been giving them some love. I still use my bookie to this date, and you should too. Why? Because March is about to get crazy, insane, maybe even a little mad. If you're still on the hunt for a sportsbook to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to twenty-five thousand big ones or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. 
Whatever your style, my bookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of their generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is use the promo code DEGENS, that's D-E-G-E-N-S, but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up-to-the-minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, anywhere. Use the promo code DEGENS to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. All right, and we are back. Next game up. I was almost on this game, and we're going to talk about why I'm not in a minute, but you're going to tell us why you are. The Oklahoma State Cowboys are going to go take on Kansas Jayhawks in Little Manhattan. Well, they were in Little Manhattan last week. Oh, Little Manhattan, yeah, it was last week. Headed to Lawrence this week. Um the zebra bought into Oklahoma State hype last week and and backed them and was rather embarrassed with the forty eight to nothing throttling they took in the Little Apple. You know, another trip up north into the Sunflower State this time to face the Jayhawks, who have come back to earth following a five and zero start. KU needs one more win to become bowl eligible for the first time since two thousand eight, and this might be very well could be their best chance. The gas tank, it appears to be running on fumes for Mike Gundy's Cowboys. And add to that, they might be without quarterback Spencer Sanders, which would put Gundy's son in the lineup taking snaps. In addition to Sanders, the Pokes could be without top running back, a pair of wide receivers, and multiple starting offensive linemen. To make matters worse, the status of three starting defensive backs and the best their best defensive linemen are in doubt. On the other side, KU, they had a bye week last year to get a little bit, last week to get a little bit healthy, and they've got to be hungry for that bowl clinching win. They have a brilliant offense, whether it be led by Jalen Daniels or Jason Bean. I don't care, put either one of them in the lineup and, and they produce points, which is absolutely what they have to do because they have to outscore the opposition to even think about winning a football game. KU defense, they could get a lift this week with the return of Cobra cornerback Kobe Bryant, who has been practicing. 
I'm expecting a crowd-inspired effort by the Jayhawks and the wheat to be waving multiple times this week. Arch, start saving your loonies and toonies for bowl tickets. <laughs> I'm taking Kansas plus one and a half, but calling for the outright win. Oh, man. I tell you, I, I'm i wondering if you're on the right side or some injuries news or something going on here because, um, you know, we I, I saw this at two, and then when I sent you the lines, we're down to even. This is down to an even line. Oklahoma State got absolutely embarrassed. But prior to that, they, they had a good season going. They beat Baylor, beat Texas Tech. They beat the Longhorns, who gave Alabama everything they can handle. They're two blemishes, a double overtime lost to TCU and then whatever that was last week to Kansas State I, I don't know what happened there um it's one thing to lose to them but to get blanked 48 to nothing I, I did not see that coming Kansas we kind of thought it was a nice story five and0 you know everybody's talking about the Jayhawks it's cute but now it seems like they remembered hey where are the Jayhawks playing football this isn't who we are. And now they've reeled off three straight losses. And part of that problem has been the defense. They've given up 38, 52, and 35 in those three losses, 439 yards per game on the season. Now, maybe that does kind of correct itself with uh, Oklahoma State maybe having questions at quarterback. But Oklahoma State still has the better players, and I don't think it's going to matter who the quarterback is. I still think what happened last week is just a mirage. That's not who these Cowboys are. Um, they're, they're a better team than that, and I expect them to show up. That line movement, mm, I mean, an even line. When would you ever think you'd see Oklahoma State at Kansas, and that's even. So it's got me, got me spooked. Maybe you're on the right side, but uh, I was looking at Oklahoma State here, so I'm leaning the Cowboys. Next game up. Going out in Mountain West territory. BYU, I guess they're not technically in the Mountain West. Uh, going against Boise State. Going to go on the blue turf. BYU. <laughs> I think when the season started, we thought this might be our little darling to maybe crack the, you know, crack the BCS and make, make some noise, the non-Power 5 school. And all of a sudden, four straight losses, and now they've got to be worried if they're even going to make it to a bowl game. That Vegas trip, maybe maybe they got out there and was visiting the strippers or did some gambling because ever since they went to Vegas and took on the Irish, they have absolutely shit the bed. And now they're going against a Boise team that, conversely, has won their last four games. They seem to be looking like the Boise State Broncos we've known for the last 15 years. Um, I, I think the, the thing for me here is just the way BYU is playing, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. They're giving up 420 yards uh, total on the ground, or excuse me, total yards and 31 points per game. Like you cannot win games giving up 31 points per game. They've not been that great on the road. I mean, hell, their last road game was at Liberty and they got spanked 41 to 14. Boise State, I don't know if it's that blue turf or what it is, but that, that is a very difficult environment to play in. Uh, eight points. I don't like being on that side of a prime number, but it's, I mean, BYU just looks like they are very capable of losing by double digits. I'm going to eat those eight points and put my money on the Boise State Broncos. 
You know, yeah, we did talk BYU as potential, darling, and maybe next year we can uh, announce who we think we're going to do that. Maybe that school can, you know, slide us some funds to not talk about them because last year was Texas A&M who stunk. This year it's BYU who stinks. Um, I can't argue with you on this play. Uh, last week, I, you know, I was on East Carolina against BYU at BYU, and East Carolina came out with the outright win. Um, I can't argue. I mean, I don't know why until BYU shows me something, uh, I'd continue to pay fade them. They do have two weeks after this game. You know, they're going to be on a potential five-game losing streak and needing to win out to get bowl eligible. They do have two weeks to prepare for Utah Tech coming to town um, in two weeks. So, um, you know, maybe we can take a look at Boise or BYU getting right against Utah Tech. I'd never even heard of <laughs> Utah Tech until this. Um, but yeah, I don't. I don't see any way in hell they 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 hang with Boise State. I just they're, they're this team is defeated, and it shows in their play. Man, they lose to Utah Tech. We might have a coaching vacancy <laughs> out there in Mormon country. All right, next game up, your last game. I'm curious how you got to this one. Maybe you just didn't like a bunch of the others, but the New Mexico Lobos are going to take on the Utah State, not Utah Tech, Utah State Aggies. You know, every couple of weeks, the zebra likes to bet the shit show of the week. Um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I had Hawaii. I think I did Hawaii, New Mexico State. So every once in a while, you just gotta, you gotta give these, you know, these these guys practice hard too, and you know, give them some love uh, when it comes to talking about their game. So, hey, this week we landed on New Mexico State and U- New Mexico and Utah State. Both these teams, they're they're coming into this week off a of bye, and I. You know, it's highly doubtful either one of them in the last two weeks figured out how to play football. So Utah State, the last two games, they've put up 31 total points. And that was against Colorado and State and Wyoming. Those are hardly juggernauts. Quarterback is the major question uh, for the Aggies with Logan Bonner out for the season and both Levi Williams and Cooper Legas injured last game. No matter who's taking snaps this week, it's going to be a backup for one of the worst passing attacks in the FBS. Defending the pass is actually a strength of New Mexico, so Utah State, they're going to be handing the ball off quite a bit. Now, New Mexico's offense is also pathetic, averaging only 3.6 yards per play, and like Utah State, they have one of the nation's worst passing attacks. This game is going to be ugly. Uh, You know, I recommend betting it, but before 3.30 Eastern hits, blocking CBS sports on your remote control. So you don't by chance stumble on and accidentally see a play. That being said, we're going to bet it. I don't know how Utah state even scores 17 points, let alone covers the total of 16 and a half. Give me the Lobos, give me the points and don't watch this one. That's really not the direction I thought you were going because I'm looking at New Mexico stats here. I mean, 245 yards of total offense, 114, 114 passing. Yeah, I mean, you, you threw Utah State's passing offense out of the bus, but New Mexico's 70 yards worse than that. Both these quarterbacks have more interceptions than they do touchdowns. Uh, this is this is probably the best shit show you've ever brought to the stage. New Mexico scored nine points in each of their last two games. They've only eclipsed 20 points one time in their last five games. I think Utah State can actually probably cover this just because New Mexico can't get to double digits. 
Uh, I'm definitely not on this game, but I, I actually think Utah State might actually be able to cover it. So I'm going to lean Utah State here. Boo. I know, I know. All right, last game up. We're going to be talking about those Clemson Tigers going to God's country. See touchdown Jesus and the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Fighting Irish got to be riding high, not only after going to Syracuse and winning, but winning in, I mean, pretty dominant fashion. It's probably the best the offense has looked all season. Defense looked good, not great. Uh, gave up 24 points, but... Um, you know, a team like Syracuse is going to score and a team like Clemson is going to score. Uh, Clemson, you know, like we were talking about before, when we were talking about the uh, BCS rankings and they came out. I, I tell you, I haven't watched much, if at all, any Clemson, but I've looked at their schedule and look at what they've done. And I'm, I'm not impressed. I mean, it looks like they've played ranked teams and they've done, you know, beat Syracuse by six, beat NC State by 10, beat Wake Forest. Like, seriously, that's, that's where we're putting the, the, the little notch in our hat is beating those ACC schools. I don't think the ACC is a very good conference, even though it does look like a few of these teams, you know, NC State, North Carolina, are having good seasons. But I think it's just because other schools like Miami and Florida State and such, Georgia Tech, all suck really bad. Clemson, you know, going to Notre Dame, they, they've kind of owned Notre Dame here for quite a while. The, the one lone Fighting Irish win was when DJ Uglilele was a freshman and had to step in for Trevor Lawrence last time they were in South Bend. This time he's got a little bit more experience, 17 touchdowns, four interceptions. Guy's got a cannon. I mean, when I saw him in that game, I absolutely love this kid. Seems to have regressed a little bit. It doesn't sound like a lot of college teams or, or maybe even the pros um, are really hyping him up. I, I liked him better as a freshman than I do maybe as a junior. One of the things that we talked about last week when we were talking about that Syracuse game for Notre Dame was Notre Dame just seems to be played better on the road, whether it's uh, it's a business trip or getting away from friends and family or distractions, things like that. Um, I It just seems like they're a much more focused team on the road. That is the part that makes me nervous. I really kind of wish this game was in Clemson, but it's not. It's at Notre Dame, and all I can really do is hope that Notre Dame – that's won four of the last five games. That stinker against Stanford really stands out. But the, the, the win against UNLV, the win against Syracuse, just kind of hope that the coaches and the players have kind of figured it out. I actually think they have a chance to win this game. I really think they have a chance to win this game outright. But I'm going to take that three and a half and hope that they can just keep it close and uh, give me one unit on my Fighting Irish. You know, as we talked about last week when we were both on Notre Dame at Syracuse, Notre Dame play has played tremendously better football on the road. I mean, they're two and take away the Ohio State game. They're two and zero on the road, one and zero at a neutral site in Vegas. They're two and two at home with you know some some ugly performances. Um, if I'm Marcus Freeman, uh, you know Notre Dame's got more money than they know what to do with. I put the team on a plane on Friday. I fly on campaign. Put them up in a hotel, put them on a bus Saturday morning as they start getting, you know, 30 minutes or so away from South Bend. Tell them we got a surprise and tell them to put on blindfolds so they don't know where they're at. And then bring them into the stadium. Forget about all the tradition of Notre Dame. Let the fans wonder what's going on. And you're going to win the game. You let them sleep in their dorm rooms and their apartments and, you know, make the walk and all that kind of stuff. They're going to lose the game. Um, 
I this one's tough. It's it's a good line. I don't like the hook. I think Notre Dame is a better football team at this point. Clemson's been winning some close games. I just got to get over that home game stigma with Notre Dame. So I give you all the support in the world. I think Notre Dame is actually going to win this football game and is going to be the first step in, in getting that top six in the BCS standings, right? Um, I just don't want to play it, but, but I think you're on the right side of this one. I think they're going to, they're, they're going to do it. They're going to, they're going to put Clemson out of the playoffs, which I don't think Clemson is a top four team. Uh, the top four are pretty, pretty obvious, even with Alabama in it. I just hope TCU finds a way to crash that party. Uh, but I don't think Clemson belongs. So this is the week to get Clemson out of there. Um, I hope your bet wins and, even as the anti-domer, I, I hope Notre Dame wins the football game. Well, I'm glad we got that recorded. I, I might put, put that on repeat over and over again. Uh, yeah, big, big game under the lights, prime time, um, big show, probably a bunch of recruits coming in. So this is a, a big game for Marcus Freeman and uh, the Fighting Irish just all around, given the, the two shit shows with Marshall and Stanford that kind of stained their season. You know, if it wasn't for those two games, really, really ugly losses – they're in the BCS conversation right there with Alabama. It's just really, really frustrating being a Notre Dame fan sometimes. That wraps it up for this week. Um, Chubby Zebra, any final thoughts? Um, no. I mean, I think we've we've we put our stamp on on what we think's going to happen. Um, you know, a couple games that, of yours that I that I mean, I, I do like the Irish in this one. I just don't have the guts to throw throw some money on it. Four straight winning weeks I've, I've I've produced, gotten out of that eight and seventeen hole, even my record at twenty two, twenty two and one. Uh, hopefully, this is the week I can get above five hundred, start chipping away at that juice. All right, well, I don't really have any other final thoughts. We do have to get out of here with a degenerate parlay, a zoo parlay. Syracuse was agreement. What is uh, your other lock of the weekend? You know, we agreed on Syracuse, um, so we're going to have to keep that one. That's probably the one that I would have put on the parlay. But since the agreement, uh, it's already there. It's already there. I'm going to have to pick one of these other ones. We're not going to go with the shit show. Uh, <laughs> we're not going to go with with you know Arch getting bowl eligible. That leaves us two. That leaves us the Auburn new coach angle or the UAB. It's been a disappointing season and revenge angle and even though you didn't like it we're going to jump on the uab blazers at the pick them and put them on the parlay uab even uh yeah i'm sitting here looking at mine trying to find what i'm most confident in and honestly i just i cannot i believe that virginia the cavaliers can keep up with that north carolina offense so i'm gonna put north carolina minus the touchdown in there putting them with syracuse and those blazers that is your chubby panther parlay if you will um hey we're hanging out on facebook we're on twitter but mostly you guys know it's the discord channel we're in the book club that's where you guys can get in there and shoot the shit with us call us out by name let us know what you did last weekend what you're gonna do this weekend when it's all said and done kids it's all make some money fools Information on this podcast may not be construed to offer any kind of investment advice or recommendations.
Under no circumstances will the owners, operators, or guests of this podcast be held responsible for damages related to its contents. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.